0: How does a 110 kilogram kid that's being bullied at university turn into one of the most dangerous kickboxers on the planet? What's it like relocating one's entire life from Zimbabwe to New Zealand while still a teenager? What's it like training with UFC middleweight champion Israel Adesanya? And how does one begin to go by one of the most memorable names in the fight game? I'm your host Joey Lynch and this is ESPN's Beyond the Lead, with UFC fighter, Blood Diamond. Don't call him Mike, because his name is Blood Diamond. Possessing one of the most striking names in all of sports, Blood Diamond, born as Mike Mathetha, but now having totally adopted his new persona, will fight in the UFC octagon for the first time this week, taking on American fighter Jeremiah Wells on the undercard of UFC 271, a card that will be main-evented by a UFC middleweight championship rematch between current champ and Blood's fellow Kiwi Israel Adesanya and Aussie former champion Robert Whittaker. Diamonds and Adesanya are stablemates at Auckland's City Kickboxing, and the two's connection and friendship goes back to their kickboxing days. And as Blood told ESPN's Sam Bruce in an extended conversation, the middleweight champ believed that Blood could make it to the UFC even more than he did. Indeed, when he steps into the octagon to take on Wells in their middleweight bouts, Blood will be continuing a remarkable journey that began in Zimbabwe, before the prolific striker moved to New Zealand as a teenager. Remarkably, considering that he's now one of the most dangerous men on the planet, he was bullied and picked on all the way through university in New Zealand part of the reason he decided to dive into the world of combat sports in the first place. As part of his conversation with Sam, Blood delved into those formative experiences in New Zealand, his connection with Adesenia, his forays into sports such as hockey and rugby, his relationship with his grandparents, and, of course, how he assumes the mantle of the Blood Diamonds. But first, he touched on that move from Zimbabwe to New Zealand and his memories of it.
1: Um, I mean, it was uh, it was um tough times uh at, at that point um in Zimbabwe, but um I mean it um, it was slowly, it was slowly getting worse, but uh, fortunately my dad was able to sense that and uh, uh move his family to New Zealand, and yeah, so before things got real bad, uh, we moved. Uh, over to New Zealand, and yeah, it was was a bit of a culture shock, you know, Uh, coming from a place where uh, the majority were African, uh, black people, and then coming to New Zealand, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. Uh, But yeah, Yeah, I adjusted. Uh, It took me a while to adjust, but yeah, I got there.
2: Our, Our kind of views of Zimbabwe here, Um, or outside um, in in the Western world is effectively, you know, constricted by what we we see on the news and the political unrest and and the hardships um, the people faced. Um, Can I just ask, mate, what it was like for you and and your family back in in Zimbabwe, how tough things were?
1: Um, You know, uh, when things are happening, um, like... It was scary. Like there were times when things was it was just scary to go, uh, like go to school, you know. Because um, like I, when I was growing up, I used to walk to school. It wasn't too far, like a K or so. Um, and yeah, there the, the were just uh, quite a few riotings which were happening, and they had to stop us from going to school. And uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just it was just a, a time in my life. I was I was just like once once I left the country, I was just like I was glad it was over. You know, I tried not to think about it too much. But uh, yeah, it was just like, uh, at a young age, it, it was it was scary, you know. Um, but eh, I guess it, that's what makes you strong. I if you uh, just depend on how you look at it, you know. So yeah,
2: as as a fourteen year old, even younger, did you did you fear for your life at times?
1: Uh I I, I did, but uh like you just learn to take each day as it comes, and uh, you know, counting your blessings, and yeah, he. Uh, yeah, you, you, you just work with whatever situation you've got, you know, Uh yeah, just being grateful that you've got a place to sleep, uh, you got food to eat, and yeah, you get to do, yeah, just appreciating life.
2: What about then, that, um, I guess that moment or that or that period where it looked like you, you would be heading. For New Zealand um how, how did your dad um I guess break that news to you and and how did that kind of process unfold? I
1: was uh it was like I uh, started I uh, had started going to high school and then I was at a. Uh, uh, I w- I was at a boarding school uh so when it happened you know at, at a boarding school things are a bit more safer because you're just at that school and it was like in a Real secluded area, so none of none of the politics were happening there. So it was it was quite it was a bit peaceful, um, but uh, I guess once I got told about it, uh, for me I was just like it, it it seemed like a dream, you know. Like oh, yeah, sure, sure, I'll be I'll be going to you know, overseas. We'll see when it happens, you know. And I've always had that mentality of like. Uh, until it happens don't get your hopes up too high kind of a thing you know uh, just take it day as it comes so when when i found myself at the airport i'm like oh oh yeah it's really happening okay so I'm, I'm leaving this place uh oh on to new adventures
2: yeah some mixed emotions i i imagine um no, no doubt you would have left behind some some extended family in, in Zimbabwe and a, and a few friends who I, I, I guess who you were pretty close with?
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, like, yeah. in a way, yes, you'd be just like, oh, I'm leaving home, like my grandparents and all that. And it, it's sad. Uh, and then uh, at the same time, the, the, that excitement of uh, a new place, uh, the we only heard stories about people going overseas, you know. So me being one of those people going overseas, like it was just like okay, uh, it, it's it was just a big shock, you know. It's just hard. To, it was hard to process, but at the same time, in my mind, I'm like, don't get overexcited because it can get taken away from you, you know, because that's like kind of the the mentality. Uh, sometimes I had that mentality of yeah, don't get too excited. Things can easily be as as much as they can be given to you, they can quickly be taken back. So, so I was just always just you know keeping calm and but still trying, you know, still being a, a bit excited.
2: And uh, and blood, um, can I just check, mate? Where were you exactly in Zimbabwe? Was that in Harare or elsewhere?
1: Yes, yes um, I was. I grew up in Harare. Uh, but um, I was born in uh, uh, the second big city Bulawayo, uh, and yeah, um, and me growing up, I I, I grew up with my grandparents, uh, so I was I spent a lot of time in Harare. But um, uh, there was another area my parents used to live. They lived in uh, Wangé, was another area uh, close to Victoria Falls. Yep. And yeah, so I used to always travel there for on holidays. So yeah.
2: It, it, does it, it sounds to me like the your grandparents played a quite a significant role in your in your upbringing. Oh, yes. Um can I can I ask it, are they still alive? Um do you have contact with them if so?
1: Yeah, uh, my grandma's still alive. My granddad passed away uh like a, a year before I decided to go, like, uh, I plan to go visit them. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, it, it, was, it was, I guess, one of the most devastating times of my life. Uh, you know, it, it, it comes back to that whole thing of you get given something and you can easily get taken away. I, I had. I had started working, so I was so excited. I'm like, I can finally make enough money to go visit my grandparents. Uh so as soon as that happens and like I'm um, a month into my job and I get that news my granddad passed away. So yeah, it was it was sad.
2: Oh, sorry, sorry to hear that, mate. Um I guess then um you arrive in New Zealand. Um what are your initial reactions to the place? I guess the weather must have been a, a bit of a shock, um, and just, you know, a, a totally different country on the virtually the other side of the world. Um, what was it like?
1: Yeah, um, first of all, uh, when I was like, I didn't know anything about New Zealand. In my head, New Zealand was, uh, if I was to picture New Zealand, I would picture like, you know, when you watch like TV shows, Hawaii, the beach and, yeah, being by the beach and all that, that's how, that was my idea of New Zealand. Cause they said, oh, it's, it's, an, it's an island. No, OK, so the only other yeah. island I'd ever seen was Hawaii on TV. So <laughs> I'm getting here, I'm like, wow, OK. I'll, it's just another city, you know. So uh, yeah, that was exciting. And then um, quickly, being in New Zealand, I quickly tried to adjust, you know, become like, yeah, just fit in, you know. Uh, at a young age as well you start sometimes losing who you really are and trying just to fit in and yeah uh, but yeah
2: I, I guess man, um, what were you kind of early then first interactions with, with sport in New Zealand was it straight into the, the combat sports did you play some other, other sports um, or even back in Zimbabwe oh. as well
1: so so when I was in Zimbabwe I was I just tried every every single sport I tried basketball tennis soccer hockey um uh, like yeah I was I was actually pretty good at hockey surprisingly uh, and then uh when I came to New Zealand I uh, thought I wanted to try that out but uh it was just different something about it so I'm I'm also used to running on like a soccer field playing hockey and here they're running on turf and I'm like what is this you know <laughs> Uh, and then um so the first sport i actually tried was soccer you know as an african that's like our national sport so i i did that for a bit not for for a year but um i got bored of it and yeah and the next thing i'm like we're in new zealand so uh, rugby is like the biggest sport so that was like a good for me, for me I was like okay it's a good way for me to make friends you know because I'm at school everyone's talking about rugby you know and I'm like okay give that a go I wasn't the best I, I was that guy who got the last five minutes of the game <laughs> and yeah and and just if I'm lucky I'll touch the ball uh, so yeah, did that uh, throughout high school. Well, yeah, it wasn't very good, but it was a good way to make friends, you know. And yeah, uh, I made uh, I, I I made uh, a few friends, and uh, some of them I'm still good friends with uh, till today. Uh, but um, I think it was because of uh, the bullying that happened in school when I was in high school uh, that drove me more to the martial arts side. Like I've always. You know, as a kid, you're always into martial arts. to watch Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, whatnot. Those movies, you're like, oh, yeah, I would like to learn that. But um, I just didn't really know much facilities in Blenheim. Cause that was the first place I came to. And then when I moved to Oakland, um, I'm like, okay, sweet. Uh, I might not need to know about this martial arts. No one's going to bully me. And unfortunately, I still got bullied in uh, in uni. And yeah, I could I couldn't live my life in fear, so I'm like, you know, let me let me try try out a, a, a combat sport. And for a while, I, I I used to see city kickboxing, and one day I decided to walk in and you know, train and see what it's like. And yeah, started off as just learning the technique. And uh, of course, uh, I was a bit big then, like 110 or so kgs. <laughs> and I, I wanted to, you know, get in shape. So started doing that. And my uh, Eugene saw potential in me. And uh, she's like, oh, you wanna try, get into, get fights. Started doing that. And yeah, the rest is history.
2: Can I ask a little bit more about the Boeing blood? Um, how bad was that, made and, and did it, I guess, um, did it really affect you? Um, I guess in those key adolescent years, um, it's a it's a scourge on society um, everywhere around the world, isn't it? I just mate, can I ask just how that affected you? Uh,
1: it, like the. I feel like if I did not have my brother with me, if I didn't go, if we didn't go to the same college, it would have been a real terrible. Fortunately, we had each other's back, you know? Uh, So uh, like, it's, you know, started off with just people teasing you and all, and just just picking on you. And uh, sometimes some of the other kids who got picked on uh, by the bigger kids uh, would, I guess take their frustration out on someone like me and pick on me. And I just never understood why, you know? Uh, so it, I guess it, just growing up, it made me more like, like stay away from people, you know? Uh, I would avoid social events and or If I'm gonna go out, I'd rather go out with my, if my brother was with me. Uh, or if, like, a good friend, I will not, like, go out of my way to, you know, socialize. Because I'm like, oh, I'll get picked on, you know. So I just didn't want to deal with that. Uh, but then you, it, it gets real bad when you're now in university and you think, okay, all this childish is over. And then uh, you meet someone who still has that, like, high school mentality and picks on you and you're just like that's when i'm like i can't live i can't live my life in fear you know so yeah i had to make some changes
2: what about then your early experiences of the fight game blood um was it something you picked up naturally um can you just talk us through those first few training sessions i guess and had you Trained anywhere before CKB, or was that kind of the, the original introduction?
1: It was CKB, was the original introduction. Um, I, I mean, like I, I went to one taekwondo class as a young kid, but um, uh, because of certain situations, I uh, they, uh my parents thought I was not suited for that, so I, I yeah. I, didn't continue that, but uh, when I came to Oakland and started training at city kickboxing, I'm not gonna lie, I it was not natural, it wasn't like, yeah, pick it up. <laughs> I'm good, no, it was actually it had to work. I, I had to work. I cannot say I've got, uh, I was talented, I just had to, yeah, work at it. And and like the, the thing about kickboxing was oh, that was the first thing I picked up and never gave up like sports-wise, I've done all these other sports. I got bored of them and then I moved on. But this, it just made me, I just kept on getting hungry for more and more. And yeah, uh, I got to the point I am now, you know, and I'm still hungry for it. I want to learn more. Um, once upon a time, my my biggest goal was to fight in glory kickboxing. And I got there and that was not enough. I wanted more. So. Yeah, I aimed to started aiming for UFC, and now here we are.
2: What then? Um, just how many kickboxing fights did you have made? And um, uh, that also took you to China, yeah with with Izzy.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, last time I remember counting was uh, twenty fights, yeah, and that's when I was still in New Zealand. And then when I went moved to China, I was basically fighting almost every week, and the minimum twice a month. So you can imagine, like, back to back, uh, I lost count of, of how many fights, you know? Uh, and it, it wasn't more about, like, trying to collect this fights. It was more like, OK, improving, being, bettering myself, uh, getting that experience, you know? So, I mean, ever since I left, like, uh, even after leaving China, like, getting into King and in the Ring, uh, the eight-man tournament, I was comfortable, you know. It wasn't like, oh, man, I might be fighting three times in one night. It was more like, okay, let's fight. And then next one come, okay, oh, win the final, let's go, kind of thing, you know. So, it got me mentally prepared for that. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's something that cannot be taught, you know.
2: Yeah. Um, And and mate, just what year was it that you went to to China and and how long were you there? Uh, I actually, I I don't remember, but I
1: know I was there for about three years. And yeah, um, I came back to New Zealand a couple of times. Like, I think after the first year, I came back out to do the first eight-man tournament. And then uh went again and i think i did another tournament or a super fight so yeah i could not tell you when exactly like yeah I don't even remember <laughs> when i first started kickboxing <laughs>
2: uh yeah. I was watching a, a little bit of izzy's uh youtube channel um during the week and uh he said that uh you guys, you had plenty of fun over there and there were a few fun and games. And um, can you just let us in, mate? Are there, are there, is there one or two good stories that, that stand out from your time over there together?
1: Oh, oh man. Um, I, uh, I, I cannot really think. They, they just so many of them. Um, I guess... Uh, it was just a uh, one of those experiences that, like, um, it was the fact that we are two African boys who were born in yeah, well, two African boys who moved to New Zealand and now we're in China and living the life, you know, uh, coaching each other and just just being there for each other, training every day. All we needed to focus on was. Train and fighting, we didn't worry about no bills, we didn't worry about the only responsibility we had was to train and fight. So, yeah, that those were exciting moments, you know. Um, and just the, the traveling around China, uh, trying new, we're trying out new foods, uh, yeah, this, yeah, it was just there's a lot, and yeah, and I guess. Yeah, that's that's all I can see on that one.
2: Yeah, um, I, you must have a pretty special relationship you and you and Izzy. Would you describe it as very much like brothers?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, definitely, definitely brothers. Uh, like um, it's crazy because um, the first time I met him, uh, it was at, uh, before we started before we started training at uh, City Kickboxing. It was at this uh, fight show and. I'm just looking around and, because I'd never seen any other African fight and I was, I was coming to support one other African uh, guy, Suleiman Konati, who who was uh, fighting in the main event. And then Israel, I just saw an African guy just hitting pads. I'm, oh, okay, cool, interesting. And then he jumps in the ring and I was just like, wow. And just looking at his moves, I'm like, oh damn and from that fight i even stole some of his moves uh, some of the moves i used to, i still use today and yeah and after that he comes to the gym and yeah we just we just hit it off you know and oh come to sparring we just yeah we've known each other so long uh, we, like we really know each other. We, uh, we know each other so much that we help each other evolve to be better people, uh, fighters because we know if, like for me, I'm like, I've got certain moves I would do and I'm like, he gets it. So now he's gonna counter that and then vice versa, you know, and it forces us to get better and have new moves and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's a very strong bond, me and his has.
2: How much did Izzy's journey to becoming the, the middleweight champion of the world um, inspire you even more, like light that fire uh, even greater, just uh, watching him and, and what he's been able to do these these last few years?
1: Um, man, even, even though he is younger than me, I always saw him as, as a big brother, you know. Um, like yeah he paved the way um so like watching him inspired me you know like okay it was just i was just following right behind him and yeah um like a lot of our stories are similar okay so uh well like and he's he's always just been supportive and just yeah like uh, we've we've talked and I've opened up to him and he's like things like like before he, he had more faith in me being in the UFC than I had in myself and and yeah so he's he's believed in me in a for a very long time so yeah thanks to him you know uh He's, uh, yeah it's definitely a big part of my career
2: what was that moment like last year huge um, gets the uh, the whole gym together um, he's got something special to say and uh, he uh, he reveals it's a contract for you blood diamond uh, in front of everyone else in the gym uh, it must have been incredibly special and uh, did you know it was coming at all
1: I had no idea, you know, the way he set up that whole conversation, I had no clue. So as he was talking, he, like I said, uh, me and Iz have had a similar journey. So as he was talking and Iz is standing next to him, I'm like, okay, I know the story. We like there, there cannot be anything that will surprise me. So I'm just, as he, he was just talking, I'm getting ready and ready for the next sparring session. And in my head, I'm like, yep, I'm gonna get you you get in the spotlight right now. I'll get you after this, uh, but uh, yeah, and then as soon as that happened, I'm like like I was out of words, I don't know what to say, I was just I'm like, oh, oh oh damn, that's me oh that was cool, you know, uh, but at the same time, my mind was still said on, okay, we still got sparring to do uh, I'm, I'm watching you is but. Uh, let's dance kind of thing, you know, but yeah, no, it was, it was special. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I always treasure that. Uh,
2: a big question. Um, what's the story behind blood diamond then? Um, how did you settle on, uh, on that name? Was something that came at, at CKB or beforehand? Can you just talk us through mate, uh, the story behind your, your nickname or your, your name as you like to go by?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's one of those, it, it just happened, you know, like there, there's no crazy story to it. It was, it, the story, the biggest story to it is how I fulfilled, like, kept that name, you know. Uh, it was in the way I started fighting, you know. Um, staying strong, being as hard as a diamond, you know, and then... In my fights, they're bloody fights, so living <laughs> people in blood in a bloody mess. So I'm just like, yo. He, he, that's a that's a good reason for you to call me Blood Diamond. I'm as hard as Diamond and I'll leave you a bloody mess.
2: I love it. Um my, my yeah. information is that you've asked the UFC to be uh referred to as Blood Diamond, not Mike. Mathis, is that correct? Yes. And um yes. Uh, that's really going to be something when uh, when Bruce Buffer reads it out there in uh, in a few weeks time in in Houston.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've asked. Just, I mean, my whole career, I've been called Blood Diamond. You know, like it's so crazy. When before, like before my first international fight, my coach is just like, "Oh, by the way, what's your name again?" I'm like, because <laughs> it's just been Blood Diamond, and I'm like, you know what? let's just keep it, keep it that way. So I'm, I'm going to ride that train as far as I can. And yeah, it's something special to me, you know? And, um, yeah, it's that, that, that is my name. So, Hey, if someone has a problem with it, Hey, they got to deal with it. Cause I'm not coming to your house and be like, Oh, James. Whoa. But what, I don't What's your middle name? I don't like your first name kind of thing, you know? So, (laughs) Hey,
2: uh, a couple more. Um, what um, What do you want the the MMA world, UFC fans all, all around the planet to to know about you before you you step into the the octagon uh, for the first time at UFC level in a few weeks' time? Who I guess who is Blood Diamond the fighter?
1: Well, uh, I am someone who's been challenging myself uh, from from get go. Okay, so. Uh, When I go in there, uh, remember, I am putting my all in there, okay? I'm getting into 100%. My goal is to always be the better me I can be. I can never be the next anything I can. That's not my goal. Uh, I just want to be the best me I can be. That's my main focus. It's, you know, as, as selfish as it may sound, I'm all about, I'm all about me. And if that entertains you, I guess I'm hitting two birds with, two birds with one stone.
2: Uh, and finally then to, uh, to wrap up, um, I mean, what are your goals then for for the UFC? Uh, your first fight, you've got a few fights to, to I guess, find your feet. Obviously you want to win this one first up and, and yeah. put on a, a bit of a show, but um, what's the ceiling for you? Uh, is, the, is the UFC title, is, is, is that the goal?
1: uh it is to to leave a legacy that that is my goal uh when it's all said and done you know i uh, i want people to be just like oh yeah blood diamond Here's he's he's the truth you know i you know, like an a goal of mine I, you know i'm this is one of the biggest goals i want is next time like ideally is when you type in blood diamond in google i'm going to be the first person to show up before the movie that's that's a goal
2: i love <laughs> it mate i love it um and just one finally um will you be uh taking both the new zealand and zimbabwe flag into the octagon with a uh, wind is that the plan
1: for, for sure that that is my goal because at the end of the day i am my the blood that runs through my vein is Zimbabwean blood uh, but uh, I've been raised by New Zealand and uh, they've, they've adopted me as uh, one of theirs. So I'm definitely a Zimbabwean born Kiwi.
2: Awesome. Mate, well, I uh, I really appreciate the time. Uh, fascinating talking with you and I uh, wish you all the best first awesome. up and um, look forward to watching Thank on and, you, and having a chat afterwards.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity, man.
0: Set to go down this weekend, Blood will be facing off with Wells on the early preliminary card of UFC 271, with Adesanya and Whittaker set to meet in the main events on the main card. For everything you need to know about that event, as well as everything mixed martial arts in general, be sure to keep your eyes on ESPN, ESPN.com.au, and the worldwide leader in sports dedicated social media handle for all things MMA, at ESPNMMA, MMA, all one word. But for now... I'd like to thank you for joining us on another edition of ESPN's Beyond the Lead, this time for a conversation between Sam Bruce and UFC fighter Blood Diamonds. I've been your host, Joey Lynch, and as a reminder, you can catch this episode, every other episode of Beyond the Lead, and all of ESPN's collection of podcasts and audio goodness, wherever you do so happen to get your podcasts from. If you're enjoying Beyond the Lead, or any of those other podcasts, be sure to subscribe, leave a favours five star review, telling us why you like the pod, and help spread the word. Thanks for listening today, tomorrow or whenever you happen to be listening and do not fret as I'll catch you soon for another deep dive into the world of sports as ESPN takes you beyond the lead very soon.